Right. Right, yo. Would you start from the start? Start from the search and finish at the end. Okay. Welcome to the first episode of our Q&A podcast where, yeah. well, it does what it says in the tin, I suppose. Yeah, so we've been doing these as kind of like short, short form videos for the last yeah. six or eight months. Um, and we're just going to start releasing in podcast form now just to get a lot more questions answered at once. And less time constraints on each kind of question. Yeah. And then we'll obviously release these segments too on Instagram and YouTube. And um, YouTubes? Yep. So... Question number one is best pants for weightlifting. So this is something that we spent years trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, none of them are perfect. Mm-mm. We both wear those Nike soccer leggings 90% of the time. Um, but you'll see, like, if you can see Garf's pants there, do have the tears in front of them. All pants you get are probably going to get the, the tears in them. I have the Polish training pants that Hook Rib had for sale um, that have like a reinforced, it's not a Kevlar, but it's like a Kevlar material on the front. You don't really wear them that much, do you? No. The problem is like as leggings, they're not good leggings to wear. Oh, really? No. So they're like a a really thin Lycra. Um, so they're not like, it's even shinier than a singlet material. Oh, they are pretty shiny. They're very yeah. plasticky, right? Yeah, which I don't like. The, the quality of the patch on the front is a one really really good but i don't like the uh i don't like the actual leggings i like the style of them they look nice yeah they do look nice they have the um the black all black and a bit of red is nice in them yeah uh you can get kind of pants now from them can you you can yeah i think uh, hook rip uh or nat has them on his website yeah but they're um again I, i'd imagine they're the same quality because they're the same person yeah 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 Remember he was telling us, was he telling us about that on the podcast? Yeah. Remember he was saying somewhere else that um, the person who makes them, he basically hand makes them, has like no internet presence, has nothing, nothing at all. He just, yeah, just makes them one by one. He said even getting him to fill out the forms for, he, he, did he say it a young? To export it. He does some fella helping him, a younger fella yeah. or something, but other than that, like he's basically like, no. What you'd want ideally is like a pair of soccer training pants, mm-hmm. like the Nikes or yeah. like the Under Armours with some sort of reinforced front. Yeah. Uh, that's that would be numero uno for me. You'd never know as well. You might see one from Sika. You'd never know. You'd never know. Uh, I just like wearing any of the Under Armour probably fit the best. They give the least amount of butt crack for me. So if you have um, <laughs> some thickness in the ass and yeah. your hamstrings. Butt crack is a big problem for uh, weightlifting pants. Yeah. So Under Armour just seem to get the material right with the and the elasticity of the weight, waistband. And how high the waist comes. Yeah. So we like I have a pair of Kipsta soccer pants mm-hmm. that we got in Romania. Yeah, that are great pants, mm-hmm. but it's like if they had the same waist, it's all butt crack. Yeah, it's all butt crack. Like no matter no matter how you wear them. Yeah, and they only make extra large the highest size you can get. So they're they're they would be great other than so much butt crack. So much butt crack, and the tag is really long. I know you can cut that off, but it doesn't really matter. But it's still annoying. If you train in a shed on your own, yeah, or in a gym on your own then they're going to be okay. But if you train within three kilometers of another person, they're not great. I would. Like the ideal training pants would be the same material as the Kipsta because I like the kind of the thickness because these Under Armour ones kind of sag after a while. Same waistband as the Under Armour, nice and loose. Yeah. But then like a very thick reinforced material on the quads. Yeah. That wasn't obvious. 
are too obvious. Yeah, that didn't stick out. And a Sika strength logo. Logo on it. Embroidered. All black. Yeah, all black. You no can one. have any colour you want, just once you get the black ones. <laughs> any colour as long as it's black. Now, Henry Ford said that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they would be ideal. I don't like wearing shorts. Um, I Leggings are hit or miss. It's leggings are very awkward when you wear knee sleeves, and I almost always are wearing. I'm wearing my knee sleeves, so I would like to wear leggings for sure. But it's just yeah. too much hassle. If I wore knee wraps, I would definitely wear more leggings, but I don't, and they tear just as fast as pants, if not faster. I think they tear faster, and I hate wearing shorts. I don't like shorts for training. No, not for weightlifting. It just feels so loosey goosey. Yeah, there's something not right about it. Yeah, I don't enjoy it. No matter the weather. Okay, what's the next question? Next question is. Gareth, you're gonna have to pull the lead up. Is it is it annoying? Yeah. I'm now. Knees out versus knees back in the pull. This is a biggie. I hate when uh experts give this, so we're using that term loosely. <laughs> but it depends. Yeah. So some people do knees out. Like a good example of knees out is um Peleshenko. Alexander Pe- is it Ale- Alexander Peleshenko? Yeah. The Ukrainian eighty five who's now banned. He did almost exclusively knees out. And he was horsing through 180 snatches. Yeah. And like 170, 175 regularly in training. And then so if you look at the females, like an example of knees out would be Rebecca Koa. Yeah, big example. And then an example of the opposite then would be Toma. Toma, yeah, she's really, she's really... super knees straight back. Like she has her toes pointing straight forward. Yeah. And knees sweep backwards. Um, Like it really just depends on... Yeah. It's almost entirely on your, like your body proportions. I think people really liked the aesthetic of a knees out pull. Yeah. Because it looks like the bear is traveling super vertical. Their chest stays up the whole time. You get a bit more quads and glutes. Well, more glutes, really. More glutes, yeah. And then if you go to a knees back, it's more difficult because you're bringing your hips far away from the bear. Your chest is naturally inclined to stay down a bit lower. Mm -hmm. And then it's a lot more difficult to bring your hips all the way into the bear and have like a positive bear contact rather than just swinging the bear out and away from you. So I think a lot of the time when you see lifters going from being uh, like super novice or just novice lifters becoming intermediate lifters, you'll often see them changing to that really knees out position because it makes them feel very efficient and the bear is traveling straight up and their chest feels like it's very upright the whole time, whereas it might necessarily not be the best thing for them to be doing. Miso's father, Ibrahim Hassona, said that knees out is ideal, but he said a lot of times um, lighter lifters, so lighter in body weight, aren't usually strong enough to, to be able to hold position. He said, so heavier lifters, he said like kind of 95 kilo plus, 100 kilo plus, super heavies should have their knees out ideally he said and you definitely should have the strength to do it when you're that heavy yeah. he said lighter lifters aren't always so he said it's obviously like they were saying it's a, it's a straighter pull so which in theory should be better but he's saying knees out is better I think if you're like whoever asked this question mm-hmm. if you're training away and you have a coach the best thing to do is just get them to watch you lifting mm-hmm. so go knees out for three months then knees straight for three months and just play around with it and figure it out. But give the positions time. Don't just try it once or go for one set of a max. So like come in on a Friday, go like, oh, I'm going to max. Go for a one rep max and then be like, oh, that was shit because it was five kilos less Yep. Then when I'm knees out. Give these things time. Like 
accommodate the positions with sets of pulls yep. and practice the positions with like multiple sets over multiple courses of a training cycle and actually give it a chance to like familiarize yourself with the movement and then try and see if it's better if you're a shorter lifter the chances are either could suit you so if you're knees back or knees out or a combination of both if you're a shorter lifter chances are it might suit you but if you're a taller lifter there's probably knees back probably doesn't suit it probably no. isn't going to suit you as much because the the extremeness of the angles is going to be a lot greater yeah and your back is going to be much longer so especially it's, if it's like if it's long legs you have you're gonna or especially a long upper leg yeah your hips are going to be so far back by the time you pull your knees back out of the way. Yeah. You'll have to have some part of your knee traveling out to the side just to try and get your legs out of the way of the bear. Chances are your hamstrings aren't that strong enough either. So, like, if you look at Lasha, he's a very, very tall lifter. Like, he's very tall for a lifter. And he's is he's really... His knees kind of just track over his toes. So he's yeah. just kind of... His toes are pointed slightly out in the start position. And they move just move up with it. He moves them back a little bit and out. So I think for most people, it's not an either or; it's a little bit of both. Yeah. So it's a little bit of knees back and a little bit of knees out. Um, so if you look at Gabriel as well, he's a an extreme example. Yeah. Of um, of of knee travel. So his knees just track over his toes when he's pulling, and as he's bringing his hips into the bar, his knees go massively out to the side. And so Gabriel actually has he says very poor internal rotation, but he's extreme external rotation. It actually causes a bit of pain in his quads, he says, sometimes. Uh, it obviously, he doesn't seem to be holding him back. And he says, we've asked him about this a few times, and he says he doesn't think about it specifically. It just happens. It just happens. At some point, he said, though, when he was younger, he probably did think about it. Yeah. So, obviously, for Gabriel, that feels amazing when he does that. But he said, now it just happens naturally. I think the other thing here is you have to be a small bit cognizant of a lot of the time people will really like to have the knees out position, but they're going to be very weak in that position. So you can't just go, oh, I'm just going to try this mm-hmm. and never have even pulled a bear like that. And then, like, you really do have to take a bit of time. Yeah. Like, get used to pulling with knees out. Get used to a squat with your knees out. Mm-hmm. I think as well, if you have very strong legs, knees out will probably feel better than a person who has weaker legs. Because knees back then, they're, if their back is stronger than their legs, knees back will obviously feel... A bit higher, a bit better because your back will take over more of the pull. So you kind of have to base it on that too as well. Yeah. Okay. What's the next one? Next question is, how do I be better? Um, their their <laughs> their avatar is, I think it's a tiny Keanu Reeves. Okay. Gain weight. Yeah. Get a bigger squat. Be consistent. Practice the lifts be every more con- time you train. Really consistent. Yeah. Be sensible. Go slowly. Build muscle. Yeah. Eat good food. Get lots of sleep. Get lots of sleep. Stay hydrated. Take loads of gear. <laughs> All Next right. question. Okay, good question. Is World Championships 2019 and Olympic predictions? Okay. I think we'll just do some... So obviously, with the 94s... Sorry, 94s. 96s now is going to be a huge one for everyone, I think, because yeah. not only... It was going to be a great class when Moretti was competing, but now that Moretti is out with a shoulder dislocation... It's kind of it's sound to. Are we talking about for worlds or for the Olympics? Just for worlds at the moment. Okay, okay, okay. So, the Olympics is too hard to say yet. Yeah. Because we don't know who's going to be there, what kind of condition it'll be in. But I think ninety sixes was shaping up to be phenomenal between Tiantao, uh, Miso, and Moretti. But now it, it's coming down to Miso and Tiantao. And, and that Belarusian. Oh, the Belarusian, yeah. Yeah. 
can't, I can't, can't if find his name. If there's one thing we can predict, I think it's that the 96 is, is going to be a phenomenal class to watch. It's shaping up to be a great class. There's yeah. a lot of strong lifters. A lot of um, Miso did 180 last week. I've seen some clean jerks from him. Um, they're looking very strong. Yeah. It's likely Tianto will win. Yes. As much as our personal bias might be, but um, it's very likely Tanto will win, regardless of how many lifts he actually ends up making. More often than not, he makes it in a clutch situation. Um, It'll be interesting to see what Ilya does. I know we have oh, very shit, yeah. differing opinions on, I, it's on a, how he's going to perform. It's looking like he's gonna going to do... I'm going to say he's going to do 172... Uh, two o one or two o two, but it looks of how he's training going at the moment. Yeah, I think you could pull two ten. I don't think he, I actually don't think he can. I don't think he will. Sorry, not yeah. that he can. Um, very interested. Very looking for, to see if Toma makes her world record snatch. Um, yeah, because she's very close to the British Open thing. I think we could see her snatching one fifteen. And one fifteen would be disgusting. I actually think you could. The it was one fourteen she attempted, wasn't it? She and she missed that at the Europeans as well. So twice now she's attempted her records. Yeah, she has hit one thirteen. Yeah. Um, no, I think she could hit one fifteen, one sixteen. She is a phenomenal athlete. Um, I'm actually very interested to see what Tanto will lift as well. Um, it'll be interesting without Moretti to push him really hard in the snatch and the clean jerk. Uh, Lasha, of course, is going to be yeah dominant. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see any Russians. Don't know what's going to happen. They seem to be some of their Instagrams that they seem to be training away. So. Uh, fun story, Adam Malagoff got caught shot lip, shoplifting a few what? weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Where did you hear that? Reddit. Oh my God. Uh, very interesting. Funny, isn't it? Um, That's hilarious. Any other weight classes? Bit of a fall from grace. Um, this is a big, big world now, so I'm, I'm, I'm worried we're missing some big key players. Realistically, we'll probably do an episode on predictions. Um, I'm just trying to think, is there anyone else after heads? Who else has been training? Oh, um, it'd be interesting to see how Toshiki gets on and all oh, the Japanese, because yeah, yeah. this obviously is a huge one for them for yeah. Tokyo. Um, Are Yoshi. they doing worlds? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's, this is worth the most Robi points. Romy, okay, Robi. Yeah. Um, Yochi, it's Itakatsu, the little tiny fella, who's absolutely yanked. <laughs> Everyone's favourite Lee Sang. Interesting yeah. to see. He's so ropey in all these lifts. Yeah, he's but he's so yacked. So yacked. So be interesting. He put up a one eighty clean and jerk there, but oh, actually, there's uh, another Cree and Wang. I won't pronounce his second name. Jiang Singh or so, sick or something. He looks like he could push Xi Jiang, and of course, what's Xi Jiang going to power clean? One two hundred. Who knows? Nobody knows. What will he snatch? Nobody knows. He'll actually. I'm very looking forward to see what he does. It's going to be. We've signed with Marsorian doubling two hundred kilo from blocks. <laughs> um, the uh. The other Martisorian, can't think of his first name. He did one seventy five snatch, dislocated his elbow. Oh, there's loads of good lifters. Yeah. Um It's gonna be a good year for weightlifting. Rostami, we forgot about Rostami in the ninety sixes. He did one eighty two twenty there. He gave him yeah. the all, all things gym. They look very good. He's, yeah. He's pulled it out of the bag sometimes, but the weight class doesn't seem to be well, he seems to be catching up now because he's one eighty is very easy, but he's yeah. two twenty. It's not looking easy enough to be winning. Um Loads of good lifters actually now yeah. I think about it. Be very, very good to watch, I think. Yeah, we'll 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 definitely do an end up review and we'll definitely, 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 definitely try and do some live commentary in some of the classes. Yeah. And uh, we have no affiliation with anyone, so we can say anything we like. <laughs> okay, next question. So would you guys ever release a hypertrophy program for weightlifting? Yes. Yes? It's in it works. It, it's on the whiteboard. Um what's this one? Programming f- 
considerations for a beginner intermediate okay so obviously the first answer here it's the one we always give is you need to get a coach yeah definitely um if it is a thing where you're writing your own program you need to be super self-critical and sit down at the very start of the training cycle and pick two or three things that you're not good at they're really going to have to concentrate on then I think the next thing after that you're going to have to pick how much training volume you can realistically handle and then take like 20% off that yeah because the amount of times you see people with six day programs where you just simply yeah. don't need that like you can run a three day program and run one and a half iterations of that a week mm-hmm. and that is plenty I think we love variation as well yeah people always go for way too much variation especially as a beginner you need massive amounts of variation so no like, no well like don't go for too much variation well well like so in long term right when you're a beginner we talk about in mes or uh, micro cycles or mes- micro macro cycles you're looking at building, building a wide base but in yeah. terms of your whole career you want a wide base too at the start yeah so it all goes into like it's like in triangle inceptions <laughs> I think like if you are writing your own program you're probably going to be around an intermediate you probably have a bit of experience yeah um, don't pick too many like off the wall complexes but if you if you do pick those stick with them so for four to five weeks yeah be major. consistent so if you t- if you do pick something crazy and you're like I, I'm pretty sure it's going to help me yeah rightly or wrongly stick with it and make yourself do it because you'll know if it makes you feel yeah, better yeah yeah and if you don't get better at the complex you've learned something if you do get better at the complex you've learned something and you've gotten a bit stronger and then I'd say, after that, the next most important thing is track everything. Mm-hmm. Don't just write it down on a shitty piece of paper that you bring to the gym with you for four weeks yep. and then throw it away. Yep. Like, you need to record what works for you. You need mm-hmm. to make sure, more importantly, what doesn't work for you. Because yep. you might love doing hang power clean doubled, but they probably do nothing for you as a weightlifter. Yeah, you might. Well, you know, I'm actually kind of... I used to think there was no point doing your strengths, right? Not oh, no, no well, point. A strength-based approach is good, like, Joe, picking the a things you're good at. strength-based. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh... Not you, just scratch, like... Scratch. <laughs> scratch. No, but, uh, like, metaphorically, like, doing things you are strong at is good. Yeah. But you can't be doing them every time. No doubt. You need to push yourself to get some stimulus. I would say then for your back squat, and this goes for absolutely everyone, is have a plan for your back squat. So, have an end point for your back squat and how you're going to get there in some reasonable form. That's really important. Uh, you only need to squat twice a week if you're a beginner intermediate. I just yeah. don't care who you are. Like it does. There's just no need. You don't yeah. need. To, you might be able to, and you might make more gains in your squats. But there's just no need. You don't have to do Long it. Long term, you're gonna make way better progress. Way better if you do two days of squatting every single week forever. If I had to sum up, probably mine and our pro- programming philosophy is: you want to do the least amount of work to get the most amount of gains. Yeah. So you want to do the least amount for as long as you can until you have to do more. I've only recently started training seven to nine times a week and this after I first started lifting weights ten years ago basically. Yeah. So just that should give you some time frame on like you have lots of time to train more. And the problem is if you train more sooner, you can't go backwards. Yeah, yeah. You can't do less and make gains then. Yeah. Um Okay, seek a strength seminars. Is it with a question mark after it? Yep. So we do seminars yep. in gyms, um, mainly like CrossFit gyms and stuff. We're going to start going to clubs like football clubs, rugby clubs, GA clubs uh, soon, probably next season. Uh, 
basically how to approach during, doing a seminar with us is you just message the page or send us an email. We actually had a, a specific seminar email address, but it's easier just to run everything through seekerstrength at gmail.com. Um, at the moment, the main seminar we offer is just obviously a weightlifting seminar. Uh, and that's a one-day seminar. It usually lasts between five and seven hours. And we discuss absolutely everything. So we go through weightlifting as a sport at the start. Then we break down the snatch. So this is like a theoretical breakdown. Um, you're watching videos of the snatch on the screen. Uh, so we do a full biomechanical breakdown. Then we bring people through a full warm-up. They snatch themselves and they have like a feedback sheet. So as we're going around coaching them, they're getting written feedback. And that's like a really important thing about our seminars is that people actually get something to take away with them. So rather than just having like one great training day, they'll hopefully have more tools to add to that training toolbox. Um, then we'll usually break for lunch. Then we do the same thing with the clean and jerk. Then after that, we usually have a small sports psychology talk. Uh, and that could be sent just depending on the group it could be centered around goal setting his game of inches speech yeah <laughs> the Al Pacino speech it could be centered around goal setting um, or, or mindfulness whatever it is uh, that we feel that group in particular will get the most out of and then we go through accessory work and the accessory work is fairly grueling yeah um, Scarf shouting at you for an hour as you do weighted back extensions Um and then we just we finish up with kind of a quick wrap up so it's a very holistic seminar we try and touch on as much stuff as we possibly can we do some mobility and movement stuff at the very end as well um and you get some like actual valuable takeaways yep. for afterwards it's not just what you lift no no and it's like it's very much not one of those seminars where you come and everybody gets hugely hyped up and you're like slapping each other on the back and somebody's making a two and a half kilo PB that they're probably not going to make for another six months because they've sacrificed their technique. People always do make PBs. People always do make PBs, but uh, we want people to make actual valuable progressions in their lifting when they're with us. You mentioned about the clubs as well, did you? Yeah. Okay. Why does my upper back round been cleaning but not been snatching? So that's most likely just because your grip is a little bit narrower and you're probably just rounded in a little bit like this. So chances are your grip might just be a bit too narrow for that if you're not concentrating. So maybe tr- first of all, try moving your grip out a little bit wider. I think another thing that can happen is because people are so close to the bar and the snatch and their chest is so low, they work really hard mm-hmm. to pull their shoulders back and they yeah. get a super tight position. Whereas then they just kind of run up to a bar when they're going to clean it. They treat it like a deadlift or something. Yeah. They don't have the same... Uh, they don't give it the same like cognitive capital that they would to the setup of a snatch and they just end up ripping the bar off the floor because it probably feels a lot looser and a lot easier of a position to get into yeah and you can cheat more I suppose not cheat more but probably yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm currently doing strength slash powerlifting but I want to try only lifting out tips on transition thanks just start over at squatting as much as you can now with an empty bar. <laughs> yeah, with so, like a PVC pipe. Yeah. Uh, so buy weightlifting shoes if you don't have them. Um, so there is a embarrassment of riches at the moment to buy cheap weightlifting shoes for 100 or under. So Adidas your best bet there. You can buy loads of Adidas shoes. Yeah. So get those first. Get anyone now for the start. And as time goes on, you can buy more or different ones again when you find out what you like or what you need. 
I think if you know that like you're going to finish a training block soon and you're going to go find a coach mm-hmm. or you might even have a coach lined up, the thing you should be doing in between is just, like Gareth said, doing your overhead squats. Mobility, yeah. Doing challenging mobility work. Yeah. Um, and doing it consistently, you know. It's not just going to be once a week when you go to the gym or like whatever it is. Like it has to be a daily routine grinding through those positions, you opening should, up your shoulders, your ankles, your hips. You should be sweaty and you should feel like you're doing a max day lift for some of your mobility. Yeah, and like it should be treated with the same kind of intensity that you would yep. for a training session, you know, especially like in those initial stages where you're trying to make large increases in, in range of the motion, you have to get fully warmed up. Yep. You have to treat it like a very challenging movement because yep. it will be. And then you have to stay in those sessions for significant periods of time. And once you attain those positions, it'll take maybe 10% of the effort it took to get to those, to maintain those yeah. positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be worth it once you get there, but you just have to go through a few months of very uncomfortable positions. Yeah. Obviously, Dara, like Dara said, get a coach. Get a coach. Numero uno. It doesn't matter if they're any good or not. <laughs> Disc pain when squatting. Disc pain. God. Go see a professional. Yeah. That's her only answer. Like, obviously, one of the most important things with weightlifting as a sport or powerlifting as a sport or a lot of sports really is that you understand the different difference between muscular soreness and injury or pain. So if it's something like you're doing your squats and you're getting a back pump and your back feels a bit tight when you're doing them, that's probably not that big of an issue. No. But the fact that that says disc pain yeah. Um, or anything nervy, like where you've got a shooting pain, um, or any, like anything extremely painful, where it's not just a small amount of inflammation or increased blood flow into a muscle that you might perceive as pain, but in fact is just a pump. Um, you need to go and see someone. Always, just always go see someone because don't message people on Facebook. No, because <laughs> you just don't know what's wrong. And no. unless someone sees you in person, they're just not going to know what the problem is. And the last thing you want to do is have something more serious and then not have it diagnosed. Yeah. Or the opposite. You want to might have something that's not not serious at all. And like if it's something muscular, you'll know because it will go away very, very soon or it'll go away with a, a small amount of stretching. So a lot of the time my lower back might uh, tighten up like just at the very top of my glutes and I'll do a simple pigeon stretch within 15 to 20 seconds of the stretch that pain or that soreness has gone away and then it's obviously just a bit of muscular tightness or a bit of spasming what's next what's the story you would fit his new housemate it's been is it being just yes Pody goes which of one of us will be ball first getting real light at the front familia i don't know who he's talking to <laughs> yeah you can't pick on the hairline like that i can't go that i can't go that deep that's way too deep that's in the public eye oh Jesus that'll make a man self-conscious <laughs> um, hey guys if you aren't sore is it safe to say you aren't overtraining no definitely not no oh. pain is not Dom's. a valid marker of anything yeah. and you shouldn't just because you don't have doms doesn't mean like yeah. oh I'm not going hard enough or yeah. like oh I've no pain on this squat cycle so I might be going hard enough no that's it's not a valid marker of anything doms might be a valid marker of overtraining so if you've excessive doms which last in excess of two days 
um, that might be a sign that you're overtraining. But no, you shouldn't. You should not be feeling sore. I can firmly say that overtraining crept up on me without any dumbs. <laughs> so it's, it's like Darren said, it's not like an indicator no. of anything really. Sometimes in bodybuilding, for sure, if you start a new exercise, you might it might be good. At, uh, let's say you're you're hoping to work a particular area, and you could feel it fairly well, but you weren't too sure, and you'd like some. It was a new exercise. Yeah, it's a nice like sight indicator. Yeah, like and you got new, you got you got doms there where you've never got doms before. It's mm-hmm. it's like that's not a bad. That means a new stimulus, you know. So it's not a bad idea, I suppose, or no. not a bad way if you're just if you're body just bodybuilding for sure. But for anyone else, like you shouldn't really be getting any doms under weightlifting unless you start like a new vo- a new block in the volume. Yeah, and you do like or like with new coaches or something, you might feel it. What got you into weightlifting? Um, so I've talked about this before, I think, in episode one. But basically, I had finished a couple of different sports and I was just kind of sick of them. I was just 17-ish and my brother did Strongman and I had a book, Ross Enamites, and he talked about weightlifters being the most powerful athletes, uh, basically, at the Olympics. I want to be powerful. So I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is Olympic weightlifting, you know? So I Googled it. 2000, so back back with this was like 10 years ago now. Um, there was zero weightlifting on YouTube. There was a Sydney Olympics 69 kilos uh, class with Georgie Markov. I saw his traps and his mullet and I was like, damn. And that was basically it. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. Yeah. Um, how did you get into weightlifting? Uh, jumping under heavy weights made the sadness go away sometimes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Correctly bracing core for squats and deadlifts. So I think we, we addressed this before in the Q&A. Yeah. If you just head back to... Yeah, go back. It would be kind of three or four months ago. Um, long long story short, you were breathing in and not up. So breathing yeah. into your stomach and not up into your chest. If you can center the kind of muscular contraction when you breathe in around your belly button. So if you're like, if you're sitting in a chair and try to imagine it, center it around your belly button, breathe. So it's not just tightening your abs and like crunching down as if you're doing a crunch. It's literally tightening everything. So you're pulling your rib cage down yeah. as if your rib cage was a, a sleeve sliding over a pipe. You're pulling everything down and ratcheting everything in as tight as you can get it. And like that pipe, like the arisen, is your back and your back shouldn't change in any no. position. Shouldn't no, no. back or lower, get straighter or down. It, it should, should just tighten. Yeah, the muscles are moving, not your spine. Yeah. What is your favorite meal? Steak. Steak. Or venison. Yeah. Just red meat. Red meat. Red yeah. meat and black beer. Um, best exercise exercise for full back strength probably back squats back squats or deadlift do you reckon back squats yeah probably like deadlift is probably better Um, the problem with people who have weak backs is that the deadlift usually isn't the best tool to get them to have a stronger back because the deadlift will over fatigue or it will go to a a point of overtraining much too fast so a lot of the time people with a weaker back will have things like super tight hamstrings um, or like very shortened hip flexors it means when they go to address a bear that's on the floor trying to deadlift it properly they mightn't be able to get into the proper position or if they do get into the proper position as they pull it off the floor that position will go so I think if you're looking to get a strong back and you don't have a strong back now doing like deadlift from low blocks so like kind of two thirds of the way up your shin 
doing those kind of deadlifts, then gradually moving that down towards the floor and then getting closer to a deficit deadlift will give you a very, very strong back. Can't go wrong with weighted back extensions as well. No, yeah, back extensions are great. I think one thing to look for actually with a back extension is depending on the angle your knees are at, they can get very hamstringy. So your hamstrings can take a lot of load. So I would say with a back extension, make sure you have a small amount of bend in your knee so it's not just your long head hamstring taking everything and that you do get a lot more of a back activation rather than just hammies. How to solve jumping forward on the catch with squat clean forward slash snatch? Tell him, Garf. <laughs> Re- Probably the... So the best place to start is most commonly people who do this are beginners. And oftentimes it's because their hips are rising too fast when in their, their snatch pull or their snatch clean or their clean pull. Their hips are rising up too fast and their chest is not rising with their hips. Doing what one might call a stripper pull. A stripper pull. And oftentimes then they bring their hips forward to make contact and they bang the bar away from them instead of sending the bar straight up and using their legs. And so oftentimes then you have to jump to chase the bar. Yeah. So probably the best thing I've found and the easiest thing for people to do by themselves is to do a complex of snatch high pulls from the floor. So do like two or three and then do a full snatch. Video yourself and watch did you jump forward and just really focus on keeping your chest up and your hips down. So a lot of times people, it's not a strength issue, people just don't know they're doing it. Yeah. And when you tell them they're doing it, they're like, oh, okay, okay. And then that little complex just reinforces things very well. Yeah, and like a nice way of knowing if you are doing it is go to a no hip contact snatch. So you're still jumping and moving your feet out and catching in the bottom. If you're not making contact with the bear and you're not jumping forward, that's probably from your hips banging it. So it's a nice little indicator. Next question. What's the best exercise to help get my first strict pull-ups? Oh, this is... um Eccentric pull-ups. Yeah, eccentric. So eccentric muscular contraction, so leaving a weight down. So basically lengthening your muscle as it's under tension is the best way to make a muscle strong because it puts the most force through a muscle. So you can do probably 30, 40, 50% extra weight if you just do an eccentric bicep curl rather than trying to do bicep curl reps. So you're just going to treat it the exact same way with a pull-up. You're going to get a box, you're going to jump so you can pull your chin over the bar, then slowly leave yourself down for around five seconds, do sets of three, five, or eight on those, gradually build up over the course of weeks. So you might start with five sets of three and five seconds on the way down each time. Next time you'll come in, you'll do five sets of five with five seconds on the way down each time. Then five sets of eight with five seconds on the way down each time. Then you're going to go back to the start. You'll do five sets of three with 10 seconds on the way down each time. Five by five, 10 seconds. Five by eight, 10 seconds. And you're going to get to the stage where you're able to stop yourself at any stage during that descent. And over the course of the first kind of two or three weeks of trying, barring any huge kind of like strength discrepancies if you're an average person within two to three weeks you should be able to get a standard pull-up i would say stay away from bands so don't use any resistant no. bands to help you because always you see so many people get stuck using the resistant bands and they're like okay next time i'll use a lighter band yeah, but at the yeah, end, yeah. they either use the same band or they just never get rid of the band full stop yeah. it's almost years before they're doing any kind of pull-ups and the problem with the band is the band helps you at the very very bottom which is where you really need to build strength so it's not ideal. 
Next question. Hmm. Please talk about ver- the vertical diet in depth. Um, no, next podcast. <laughs> at least not the next one. Can you guys chat about using weightlifting in EMOB form and complexes for CrossFit training? Um. So. Uh, weightlifting in CrossFit is kind of. Yeah. gone out of, of fashion in the last few years and now is coming back in again so in terms of the games and the sanctioned events you're seeing it more and more in its specific forms uh, EMOMs are great for CrossFit right so you get a lot of work done it's a set amount of time and you tend to take the mental aspect which is an aspect that a lot of people struggle with in CrossFit Yeah, you take the mental aspect out of it so if it's snatch doubles every minute on the minute they're just walking up to the bar. They might be adding weight every third minute or something like that. Um, what I would say is they're great for maintaining strength or for building work capacity with the same weights. But in terms of getting stronger at your snatch or stronger at your clean and jerk, they're probably not ideal. What I'd say is if you're doing a weightlifting block, go and do a weightlifting block where you do specific sets. I think they're asking though. As an actual training tool for CrossFit. Yeah, I think, I think... Like, realistically, you're probably trying to get your one rep max higher in your snatch or your clean and jerk, or else you're just using it as a conditioning tool. Yeah, so, like they were saying, it's just a mental aspect is good for e- what EMOBs are good for. Yeah. Building um, work capacity at the start of a training block, um, reinforcing certain things in technique. Uh, it can be good for, for in terms of the EMOBs. For in terms of cr- uh, the complexes... Big fan of complexes, but you have to pick the appropriate ones for you yeah. and why what your issues are and what ones will address it, and then stick with those and be consistent with them, and change different uh, variables. So change the intensity, change the volume. Change. I think a big fault we see in CrossFit training blocks a lot is they pick complexes because they're hard, mm-hmm. or they'll just pick this complex because it kind of flows together right. It's difficult, and they'll just do it for that reason. Whereas that's like you want to. F- a complex will fix the issue you have in the main lift. Yeah. So like Gurf was saying, you have to pick the right complex. I'm wondering if he means for competitive CrossFit, if he means for CrossFit training, so to help their CrossFit. Uh, basically, uh, doesn't, doesn't no, not really. No. Okay. Next <laughs> question. Uh, why do you prefer high bar squats? Because they're class. So basically, the reason weightlifters, and I've got this question a few times, is when you're a weightlifter, you need to um, basically mimic the back angle of the clean as much as possible and use as much of your quads as you can because you use your legs more often than you would your back in weightlifting. So you want to train your quads as best you can. So the high bar as opposed to low bar trains your quads better, basically, is a long yeah. story. Um, the angle thing definitely helps. You want to train to be as upright as possible. And it helps your front squat, and your front squat helps your clean. Yeah. So the more your back squat goes up, the more your front squat goes up, and the more your clean hopefully will go up with it. That's basically... Yeah. You're not going to get the same depth out of a low bar squat either, so... No. Yeah, you want to train... It's not going to emulate like the catch. Another injury question. How old are you two? I am 26 today. It's Gareth's birthday. Woo! You're 26 now. I'm 26 as well, yeah. I have problems to full extend of my body and triple extension. 
What should I do? Stretch. No, I think he means getting triple extension. Um, triple extension is something that's kind of it, it's been pushed, but more from the side of like strength and conditioning or sports science is like, oh, the triple extension of weightlifting is why it transfers to sports so well. Triple extension in weightlifting is more just a side product of what happens when you try and pull on a bear as hard as you can and get the bear as high as you can. You extending at the heels or the ankle isn't as important as you'll think. It'll just happen naturally when you fully extend your quads uh, or fully extend your knee and hip joints. Nobody should be doing calf raises for weightlifting. Well, you never know. <laughs> Last question. If I back squat 180 and clean 100, should my percentage of squat be from mass clean instead of back squat? I would say... Um, A percentage of what? So they're wondering, should they do their squats off of their clean or should they do their squats off of their max back squat? So like, should they do squats at 120% of their, their clean, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. should they do their squats based off their best back squat and I'd say just do them off your best back squat yeah but load them appropriately then so realistically if you're you probably need to clean improve your clean in this position at this time so your loading should be appropriate because if you're trying to drive your back squat hard and you're trying to try to drive your clean hard both of them aren't going to go up as fast as they could or they might not go up at all or you might get injured so you want to focus on one so you want to basically just tip away at your back squat yeah and then in the clean, you want to push that a bit more. So you should be looking at like a 120 clean at least. Yeah. Maybe 125 because you're, you probably should be squatting around 145, maybe 150, depending on how efficient you are. Maybe a bit less. Um, I think it all comes back to as well. We always say it when you're planning a training block. Yeah. At the start of it, you have to be realistic and you have to set important goals. Yeah. So obviously, if you're front squat or your back squat's nearly double what your clean is. Yeah. At the start of the training block, you're like, look. I'm going to squat twice a week. I'm not going to push it. I won't allow my squat to fatigue me for any other lifts in the yep. week. Um, but I'm still going to maintain my squat. Yeah, just keep tipping along. Yep. Okay, um, let me just refresh there and see if there's any more questions. So thanks for sending in all your questions. I think... Yeah. We'll so we, we'll be doing these again in the, in the future, maybe in a few weeks' time. The main thing is, is, like, we can't answer an injury question. Yeah, basically... Like, any other questions... If it's like, what's your favorite cereal? Yeah. We'll answer that. Yeah, yeah. In terms of an injury question, legally we can't, we can't be like, oh yeah, Jesus, yeah, if it's your left leg is sore, not your right, yeah. uh, you're probably grand, just keep training. That's not sensible advice for us to give. So And there's just no way, even if we knew no. exactly, we, there's just no way of knowing what your problem is from yeah. an injury. And a lot of the questions we do get are injury questions. And of course, we'd love to be able to help you because we understand being injured is shit. Um, not just for like being in pain, but for your weight. Therapists and physical therapists are, are expensive to go to. Yeah, for um, sure. But they've spent years in college for this very reason. And yeah. And so the best advice we can always give you for an injury is to go see, see. a professional. Now, if it's a mobility problem or something, we can definitely give you yeah. good things to try. But if it's a, a direct injury, you have to go get professional help. And most people online will give you the same answer. And rightly so. Yeah. Okay, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guys.